Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know I Love, the podcast where I, Kevin, talk about all of the things that I know that I love in the world of entertainment, from television to films to music and the occasional video game. Um, I got a lot of really good responses from last week, having having finally come back <laughs> after a couple of months of being MIA um, uh, for the Wild Nothing podcast, so thank you all for that. And I'm really excited to get into today. This is TV week. We're going to be talking about a really amazing television show that I really, really love. And I'm just going to jump right into it because I have tons to talk about with this one. Um, It's been one that obviously has been on my list like the whole time since I started this podcast. And uh, I was just waiting for the right time. You know, like there's like so many television shows that I have to talk about, but like, there's probably like 20 that I'm like, Ooh, like I want to save that one and do that one, you know? And I just thought, you know, this is episode 25 and I just thought, you know, this will be a good one to do. Um, I'm ready, um, to kind of release it and let it out there into the podcast stratosphere. So everyone understands why I know I love this amazing show. And the show we're going to be talking about today is six feet under, I love the show. Um, it was on HBO from 2001 to 2005. It ran for five seasons. I think it's like a little over 60 episodes. It's got, um, it's, it's not super like, it's not like one of those ones you want to necessarily binge, but, um, I'll get into that. So I'm going to talk about my discovery and how I came across this outstanding show. So the first, before I get into that, actually, just some quick background. So Six Feet Under um, was created by Alan Ball, who also uh, wrote um, American Beauty. He also created True Blood after Six Feet Under. Uh, most recently, he's uh, wrote the screenplay for um, Uncle Frank. Um, I think that's on Amazon. So he really is a phenomenal writer. Um, he There's a lot of... Um, sort of American beauty style elements in six feet under it's a totally different concept, but it's a lot of um, surrealism and like a lot of um, just like going in and out of like reality and sort of like um, fantasies of the characters and things like that. Um, This show stars uh, Peter Cross as Nate Fisher, uh, Michael C. Hall, the amazing Michael C. Hall, of course, as Peter Cross is amazing too, um, as David Fisher, Francis Conroy as Ruth Fisher, Lauren Ambrose Love uh, as Clara Fisher, and Love, Rachel Griffiths. Um, she plays Brenda Chenoweth, who is an amazing character. Matthew St. Patrick for Keith Charles, who's a great character. Freddie Rodriguez, who plays Federico Diaz. And, of course, Richard Jenkins, who is Nathaniel Fisher Sr., the, the patriarch, if you will. And so just some summary of what the show is overall about, because the cast is obviously amazing. So what the heck is the show actually about? Well, the show is Six Feet Under is about the Fisher family and their family heads this funeral home. Um, Nathaniel Sr. has been, you know, running this funeral home. It's kind of a it's a family business um, that, you know, people bring their their lost loved ones there and they have to prepare them for burial or um, prepare help them help the uh, their guests, I guess their customers um, prepare for the, their funeral services and arrange the flowers. And it's just all about like the ins and outs of like running a funeral home. And so I'm not spoiling anything because this happens literally within like the first five minutes of the show. Um, but basically Nathaniel Fisher is you know, making a round, um, to pick up a body. Um, it's, you know, Christmas and he, um, is on the phone talking to Ruth and everything. And, they kind of have this back and forth banter and we kind of get an idea of like what she's like and what he's like. He's kind of just like, 
you know, not in a hurry anywhere. He's like really chill and everything as a character. And so he gets off the phone and he goes to light a cigarette and wham, he gets hit by a bus. And he's, you know, driving this hearse, um, you know, making his rounds and everything. And so he immediately dies. And that's literally the opening of the show. And you're just like, what's happening? What's what's going on? What is this? Where is this going? And so as you continue to watch the show, obviously the family finds out, you know, about the death of their husband for Ruth, the father of, you know, the kids and everything. And there's so much just you, you literally are just thrown right in. Like they just go right into, OK, this is what happened. This show is getting it's not wasting any time, basically. And so the show overall um, is pretty much about the idea of just how this family navigates the concept of death and being that they're constantly surrounded by it. And I'm going to get specifically into the characters in a few minutes. Um, but it's just about like, you know, the ins and outs of navigating death as it's something all around you all the time. And basically every episode going forward, because, you know, Nathaniel Sr.'s death happens, of course, at the beginning of the, the pilot, the first episode, every episode through the entire rest of the series um, starts with a death. And it's like it starts with, you know, the character. It, it'll be like a completely new character sometimes. Um, and they die in some way, like, you know, someone is on a golf course and they hit a golf ball, some crazy person and some other person's at their house, like, you know, doing some gardening work or something or just hanging out in their backyard and they get hit with a golf ball and die. So like, it's all these like random ways that people could possibly die. I believe, I remember reading somewhere years ago that all the way that, you know, these, the new characters of, of each beginning of the episodes die. Um, they did research and like, these were all ways that like people have died in real life. And they actually took the time to like do that research about like, okay, like how can people actually die and like go from there. And so every episode starts with a new death. And then the, sh the episode will typically oftentimes center around like, you know, this, this dead character. So like sometimes, especially in the first season and even the second season too, um, the, the dead characters will sometimes like, appear for like our main characters like sort of internal frustrations with what they're dealing with so like you know this happens with nathaniel senior especially he he's in the series like the entire time where you know he shows up um to the characters like in in a vision kind of way where they're imagining him there and they're dealing with something and kind of having this conversation with like this husband and father that's no longer there this happens with claire where you know, she's at, you know, her father's funeral. And then, you know, he's like, she pictures or imagines him like being um, just, you know, in like, you know, really casual beach wear and just hanging out and like, you know, he's, he's, you know, maybe happy, you know, wherever he may be. And um, just not having to worry about like the ins and outs of life anymore and stuff. And she'll have like this conversation with him, like he's really there. And so this happens with all those characters, um, like as characters die every episode, um, this does happen. And it's just kind of a way to like have the characters have like a source of someone who like they may have not personally known at all in order to kind of like help them figure out whatever it is that they're going through. It's just like a creative way to get through that. And it has um, just, again, those elements of surrealistic, um, just really imaginative um, things going on. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what sets off the show is, you know, he dies and then um, Nate is the eldest and he's coming home to visit. He's kind of like the black sheep of the family and he's kind of forced to decide, okay, now that my dad's died, am I going to stick around and try to, you know, work in this business that's terrified me my entire life? Or am I just going to keep doing my thing and like live my own life or whatever? And so that's the gist of the show. I'm going to so get more into depth of it um, as we continue. But in terms of my overall discovery, um, I basically learned about Six Feet Under. I mean, I'd always seen advertisements for it. Like the cover of um, the box set for the first season is like someone putting lipstick on someone's like face and they're clearly not living. As I used to get subscriptions when I was in um, high school for Entertainment Weekly. And I remember seeing this spread. I still think it's a really cool picture. Um, and it was the spread of this this group of people, which was, I learned later, was all the cast of the show. And it was this group of people, and they were kind of like, they had jumped sort of in the air, and they were like above like this grassy valley area, and like behind them was this like really big, um, just like this valley sky and everything. And like they were all just kind of like, they just looked like really charming. They kind of didn't have, they had like really humorous faces, some more serious than others. And I just thought, well, that's like a really cool picture. Like just like, that's a really cool advertisement. So I remember seeing that advertisement, but specifically I remember renting this show when I worked at Blockbuster. <laughs> so when I worked at Blockbuster and my senior year of high school, I was like, okay, I want to check this out and see what this is about. Um, you know, cause I started working at Blockbuster when I was like, it, that was, that would have been 2004 when I was in senior year. So um, it had a couple seasons already, um, you know, going on when I when I got that job. And so I was able to kind of rent it with my free rentals and everything. And I just immediately fell in love with the show. Like it was so different than like anything that I'd seen before. It was just like it had some kind of typical HBO things, you know, um, but it was also just the story was just so interesting. And I remember just kind of like. I wanted to zoom through the first season, but I was like, no, I want to take my time because like, I really am enjoying this. So just some standout components of the show. Now we can get to more specifics. Um, so the concept of the show, like I said, is covers the aspect of death. And though you would think, oh, hey, like, I don't want to watch that. Like it's kind of morbid and it, things could get very morbid with such a concept. I mean, like it's a very, it's not as dark as you would think it is actually like, Obviously, like every episode, they're in this funeral home and like, you know, there's, you know, dead bodies being rolled in and out and stuff um, of the of the little morgue area they have to like prepare them or whatever. And so there's, you know, they kind of get through that a lot. And like the first, especially the first half of the first season, they kind of get you used to that world by balancing it with more of a lightness and more like lighter, interesting, humorous situations and characters outside of the funeral home. So like that's kind of where like Brenda Chenoweth comes into play in my opinion. So she meets Nate on um, their flying home or flying back to, they, this is all based in California and they're they're on a flight together they meet and like they have this like random like hookup thing and um, they end up kind of developing a relationship just from that. And because, you know, Nate basically finds out that his father has died like at, while this is going on with her, with Brenda. So um it's like all of the characters kind of find out this, this you know what happened to their father in ruth's case her husband in in just random situations like claire is you know 
um, in high school and she, you know, has this friend that she's interested, like this guy that she's interested in and he offers her like some form of drugs and like she does it and like right after that's happened, she finds, she gets the call. So she's like freaking out because, you know, now she's like high and like all these things are going on and it's like, it deals with it in a way that like, you know, of course is tragic. And I mean, there are, there's a lot of episodes in this show that are just like way more serious than others. But it's also um, a really interesting take on the concept of death and how this family and this these characters that are so close to it, um, you know, handle it. And I just found that really interesting. Like, it could go um, very, like, typical where, okay, here's a funeral home and this is what they do and then they bury the body and then da-da-da-da. But there's so much good um, characterization, which is what I'm going to get into next, that it just deals with it so creatively to where like the, the whole death thing kind of becomes more of like a, more of a backdrop for this family that actually has other really interesting show driving um, elements going on. And that of course can be attributed to Alan Ball's writing. You know, if you think of, if you've seen like um, American Beauty, for instance, Alan Ball has this way of like putting people in like really depressing, like dark situations but kind of making, finding sort of like the humor and like the sort of lightness of, of the situation for them to, you know, keep going and navigate things. Um, the other standout component for this show, of course, like I was saying, is the characterization. Um, each character in Six Feet Under is like so clearly defined. I mean, like I've talked, I mean, Friday Night Lights is my all-time favorite, but it's, it's right up there. It's like, I mean you really know i mean even from just the pilot the first episode you know right away who these characters are um you know and and what their motivations are likely to be and it's just like that a show is able to do that i mean and especially some of the supporting characters like matthew st patrick um playing keith charles and rico um, played by Freddy Rodriguez. These are like two background characters that end up kind of, you know, I mean, they're really stars of the show, but like they're not, they don't get as like many um, thorough storylines as, as the main, you know, family cast. And um, you still though, within the first episode, you're like, oh, I know who this character is. Like I, I know kind of, I get him or I get what's going on with this person. And I think that again, is just attributed to the, the great writing. Um, one of the, just kind of running through some of the characters, um, just some of their background and kind of what they're like. So, um, Nate, of course, played by Peter Cross. Nate is again, like the black sheep of the family. Um, he's basically the, the, like the main character of the show because, you know, he's kind of ran from this life of funeral home life and everything, Fisher and Sons. Um, he's run away from this, like his whole life because he didn't want anything to do with it. We get some flashbacks in terms of like some traumatic moments he had, um, while living, while, while growing up in this environment. And, you know, we're not surprised as that he's like wanted to get away from it, you know? And, um, he just had this fear of, of death and like his whole life. And now he's faced to have to like run a business. That's like all about that. We get to see a lot of growth in Nate. Like he goes, you know, the first season kind of spends a lot of time with him kind of deciding what he's going to do. Like, cause he's kind of just like, you know, he, he's just taking kind of like odd jobs here and there. And like, he's getting by, he lives in Seattle and he's just really like granola. And like, you know, he's, he's just got this really like laid back. He can do what he wants when he wants kind of life. And now he has to kind of be like responsible and kind of has to take over that sort of patriarch role. Now that Nathaniel senior has, has died. 
and he's not used to people like depending on him for anything. So he's a really, really interesting character um, that we get to that goes through a lot and that we get to really, um, you know, experience a lot of things with. Then we have David Fisher, who is, again, another really great character played by Michael C. Hall. And David is uh, plays. Um, he's closeted. He is, you know, trying to deal with his sexuality, and um, while also he is probably the most like religious in terms of like he, um, you know, has his his you know Christian beliefs and everything. And um, you know, he's regularly going to church. Like he's he's very respected in the community. But he also has this quote unquote secret that, you know, he has a boyfriend who's Matthew St. Patrick, who's Keith Charles, who's a, a police officer. And he's going back and forth like his family doesn't know that he's gay. And like he's um, also he's she's constantly trying to keep it together. And like David um, internally is not together. He's just he's like frustrated. He's angry, you know, and he's stressed and anxious about all these things that he's trying to deal with. Now that his father has also died, he's dealing with the father's death, his his sexuality, his, you know, what's going to happen to the business. Like, this is like his livelihood because he didn't leave like Nate. Like, he stayed and like he, you know, dealt with everything because he wanted to do what was best for the family and, you know, make something of, of himself, of course. So, um, he's a very complex character as well that, you know, really, I mean, it's so funny because like when you watch like the first season and then you watch the last season, you're like, oh my God, like David is like totally like different now. Um, but that's good because we want characters, of course, in television to progress. Um, then there's Frances Conroy who plays Ruth Fisher, who is one of my favorite characters. And she is the mother, the matriarch, and she... Um, there's a lot of, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of um, secrets that she's not revealed to the family, um, you know, until the father's death that come out. Everything is not as it seems with, with Ruth, but she's also a really great mother. And she's a really great character in that way where she has these three kids who like have their own personalities and they're kind of, you know, like typical, like, you know, mom, like, what do you, you know, like they're, they just, they don't, they've gotten to the point where in their life, like, they don't necessarily need her as much as they used to when they were children. And like, so she's now dealing with the loss of her husband who she's been married to for years. She has her other secrets going on and now like she's, you know, not needed. She, no one needs her. And so Ruth spends a lot of the show um, really just finding her coming into her own, like really figuring out who is she? Like, I mean, because she was, um, you know, all she did was take care of Nathaniel. All she did was take care of the family. Like dinner was always ready. Like everything was always organized. And, and now she's kind of independent and able to really do things that maybe she never had the time or, 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 you know, was able to do before. And so she goes through a lot of really cool, um, just growth and, and like really, really interesting, um, just things like, um, like taking on certain jobs that, you know, she's like working part-time at other places and she meets like all sorts of ways of people. And, um, you know, Ruth really has a lot of interesting stories every season. She kind of grew up in an environment where, uh, she was like the eldest sister and, you know, she had to take care of the family and the sister. And so her, her younger sister is like really like bohemian and like lives like way out in like a forest and has like all like earthy housey stuff and everything. Um, and you know, she kind of resents her because Ruth resents the sister because, you know, she had to be the responsible one. And now like, um, you know, the sister got to kind of do whatever. 
Um, so there's a lot of really cool storylines with Ruth. I love her character. And then there's Claire Fisher, who did not start out to be my favorite character, but I feel like, especially at the last season, I think Claire is my favorite character. Like, it goes back and forth between Ruth and Claire, but Claire is basically the teenager um, when we start season one. She's, like, in high school and everything, and she's, like, typical angsty teenager just trying to figure things out and, like, trying to be cool in school when she's not really cool and, like, trying to, um, you know, get, like, the cool boyfriend, that like, the bad boy boyfriend and everything, and, you know, she's she comes to find that she's really artsy. So she starts to like explore this world of like photography. And as she gets out of high school, you know, she um, goes off to um, wants to go off to like, you know, art school and like learn about like art and photography and painting and all these things. And so she's a really intriguing character, but Claire, I think has um, a time, like we really get to see like how she kind of gets, um, kind of separates herself from this really morbid world that she's living in um, and growing up in and really making something for herself and of herself. And um, it's really interesting how she ends up in the end of the show because it's like, God, she's so like mature now. <laughs> like, I mean, and she is, she's an adult by the time the show ends, but it's like, it's so like such a far cry from where she starts in the first season. And I just, she's really funny. Like Lauren Ambrose is just um, an amazing actress. Uh, I mean, she's just like uh, one of those really well-rounded, um, you know, actors. And like um, she just really, I feel like she just understood Claire Fisher, like the character and like, just like really got it. Like I love seeing her in other stuff, but I'm always like, oh, it's Claire because <laughs> she's that good. Like it's, I mean, she just really took the reins. She kind of ends up being like a really like strong leading character, especially in the last couple seasons because we start spending a lot of time with her character in like school and college and relationships as an adult and all of that. And so she's really great. Um, and then Rachel Griffiths, um, who plays Brenda Chenoweth, um, who is who Nate meets um, early on in the show. And she is like messed up. <laughs> okay. Like Brenda has a lot of things in her history and her background. Um, she basically was this like child prodigy genius who like these like, psychiatrists and therapists and stuff did a whole bunch of studies on. And now it's kind of really messed her up as she's gotten older because, you know, she's just, she just wants to be like quote unquote normal. And like, she just has a lot of things to deal with. So Brenda is another character who, again progresses and like just figures a lot of things out sometimes the hard way <laughs> and then keith charles plays um david's uh boyfriend who is he's a police officer for la and um he's like a really just he's very comfortable in his sexuality he's very like um you know he he doesn't shy away from like you know people like you know uh bogging him down with like you know really rude and angry comments and stuff and he's like stands up for what he believes and like he's really strong in that way and i think matthew st patrick plays keith charles in a really strong way but he also has a lot of emotional things going on internally because of his own family situations and he's just again a well-rounded well-rounded character and then of course uh, there's frederico played by Freddy Rodriguez and he works for the Fisher family um, as one of the intakers and he deals with like the dead bodies and stuff. 
Um, and so he brings a lot to the table in terms of humor, like lightening the mood. And then there's, of course, you know, Richard Jenkins, who plays Nathaniel Fisher Sr., the patriarch, um, who, again, is pretty much like supposed to be kind of like the um, imagined voice of reason for like the family characters. You know, like he shows up at sort of random times when those characters, again, are going through something and then. Um, they have these conversations with this imagined form of Nathaniel Sr. And, you know, he's he's always that voice of reason that tries to put things in perspective for them. And this often involves like a straightforward conversation or sometimes really bizarre, like surrealist sort of um, scenes that are just like kind of like a dream that you're having that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it, in the end, it typically does help like the, the main characters kind of navigate whatever situation they're going through. I know that I spent you know a lot of time going through the characters, but um, they're just so good and like so worth um, like talking about because they really are um, just very well defined characters that. Um, and, and I also love this show because they're like characters that like your opinion of them will constantly shift. Like you'll be like, oh, I love like this character and where this is going. And then they like do something really bad and like they mess something up or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. Like, I don't like them. <laughs> and so and it, that happens a lot in this show. Like, I think especially with Nate, like he can be such a like finicky character where you're just like, oh. Um, and you know, your opinion of him is, is just all over the place, I think, or mine was anyway, because he just like, I don't, he's just one of those characters that you just can't really like pinpoint anywhere. And he just like does his own thing. So it's kind of erratic sometimes. And as is Brenda as well. So if you've seen the show, but yeah, so it's a, the characterization is hugely one of the standout components of this show. Um, the last thing to discuss with the standout components is I really love the way that this show doesn't ever feel like preachy. Um, it really raises and asks a lot of questions about the concept of death, and it attributes characters to all of those varieties of opinions. Like there's Christian um, characters, there's atheist characters, there's characters that are a little bit like not sure, there's characters that don't care, there's characters that really care and like want to figure out what they really think, what they, what they really feel about that. It doesn't necessarily attempt to answer those questions, the show, but like it really gives us a really a, a real world perspective of like society and people in the world and how there are so many um you know opinions and feelings about the concept of death like is there life after death isn't there watching this it's like um i have you know my own beliefs and everything um you know i believe in afterlife i'm a christian all of that it's interesting to see like the different perspectives because you can kind of go hmm, that's interesting like even if you don't necessarily agree with a character or their perspective it's fair to go you know what i know people like this in, in real life or i know people like this exist in real life and um you know that's really interesting that people like think of like death that way or navigate it in this fashion even the like main supporting cast you know how there's like a new uh death every episode and everything like this concept of um, opinions of death and perspectives of death is explored through like the families of these of these people who have passed away. They they come to meet with the Fisher family, you know, they, they handle the funeral arrangements, all that kind of stuff, and like every time is different. Like which I think is is probable and likely in this world of you know funeral directing and funeral homes, 
is that, you know, when people die, like it's probable that they have a range of emotions about the person. Like some people come in there and, and are talking to David and Nate and they like can't even speak because they're so like upset about everything. Some come in really calm and collected and have everything together. Everything's super organized. It handles it in such a realistic way um, while not really trying to tell you, well, you should feel this way or you should feel that way or whatever when these kinds of things happen in real life because everyone's different and it kind of respects that about all of its characters, the, the main ones and, of course, the supporting cast that comes on each episode. So overall, what makes Six Feet Under great, if you can't already tell, um, is, first of all, the writing. Um, like I said, Alan Ball has this, he just has this knack for, like, writing characters that just internalize so much and they're like just so trying to keep things together and eventually they can't and like things happen and like they really have to figure out things themselves um, or learn from other people and sometimes that's the hard way like there's characters I mean I I mean honestly I think Brenda is probably like one of the most complex characters because she goes through a lot in this show and she does things that you're like oh my god what is she doing and like it's a lot of that and you know, by the end of it, we're like, it's just like just a totally different character because um, she has had to take her journey and, and navigate it the way she felt like she needed to. And, you know, her family life is bizarre and, and kind of weird. And like, she just has to kind of do things for herself and figure her, herself out. So I just think that, um, you, you know, and, and David with, you know, his, his things of like dealing with, you know, um, he, you know, he has his, his beliefs and then he has like his sexuality and like, it's just all about like dealing with that and, and really trying to navigate that and trying to figure out, you know, can you have both those things together, uh, you know, and like, and the show really handles a lot of those questions in ways that like, you know, it, it, we can imagine like that could really happen for sure. Being that the writing is so good, you know, just to tag on to this, this show, I mean, I'm not going to take talk about anything with this specifically, but the show also has a very effective series finale. Like it's a really, really good series finale. Is it as good as Friday Night Lights? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's really good. Um, but it's just, it's a series finale where like when you watch it, you're like, yeah, like that's kind of how, that's like the only way they could really end the show, huh? Like, because of just what happens and you're just, it's really sad and really just like sniffly and just, you know, you really, um, I don't know. It's like you, it's, you, it's, it's sad because of what happens and because of like the way that things end up for the characters and stuff. But it's also like the only way that I can imagine the show could really end and resolve, you know, and, and you really feel like you can walk away from it going, wow, like, okay, like, that was an experience. Okay, all right, cool. Um, and so it's really great in that way. Another thing that makes the show great um, is it really stays with you. Um, I, you know, I always like to make outlines and stuff when I do my podcast, and, and I, like, keep little notes of things that I want to make sure I talk about. But it, this show, for me, is so easy to talk about because I've watched it through a few times, and it just, it always stays with me. I mean, there's, there's times where like, you know, I'm, I'm having an interaction at the store or something, or I have like an interaction with someone that just like reminds me of someone from the show or like, um, and, and it reminds me of the show. Like, and there's things that like, I'll, you know, like you kind of experience in life where you go through like really great times or really hard times or whatever. And I just, I think about the show in those moments a lot because it's just, 
it really puts a stamp on reflection and like it really you know the show itself it really forces you when it comes to death it really forces you to like reflect on your own opinions about life and death and like um just really like listen to the other ones that are out there and um it just i don't know that i don't know a show there's not many shows i guess i should say that like really you carry with you long after you've gotten through the show like there are shows that i've watched and was like okay that's good um but six feet under is a show that like it is really interesting to um see it the first time and then the second time and so on just to see like kind of where you are which kind of leads me to my last point which is the rewatchable factor i personally think that you know six feet under has a really great rewatchable factor um and I think it's especially interesting, like for me personally, because, you know, I discovered this show when I was really young, like I was in high school, you know, and now I'm like 36. Um, and like, I'm in such a different place in my life now. And so like, when I watched the show when I was younger, like I would have certain opinions about the characters or certain things that would go on and everything. And like through the years, like I usually rewatch the show, like every, I don't know, four or five years, like I'll be like, Ooh, like I want to watch six feet under again. And I'll literally go through the whole show just because I enjoy doing that. And it's kind of like, you know, the older I get, um, the more I find myself like maybe understanding a character a little bit more or like, you know, where I thought like, I really liked this character. I'm not sure if I like them anymore or like just different situations that the show presents. I find that my opinion of what's going on or the show overall evolves. And I just think that's the great thing about television is like when you have these situations where, you know, you can view them multiple times and like your opinion is constantly morphing and evolving as you age and as you go through your own personal experiences. And I think that a show being able to do that is like really interesting. I mean, I've read books like that. Like there's a couple books that I reread every now and then and I'm like, I have the same feelings, but like for a show to do that um, is just, I think, really cool and just shows like how strong of, of, you know, concept and writing it has. And so that is why I know I love Six Feet Under. Um, if you've not seen Six Feet Under, um, disclaimer, it is not for everyone. It is not um, something that like, you know, is very, it's not heavy, but it's not super light all the time. I mean, there are episodes that are certainly lighter than others, but it is a show that I think is worth watching beginning to end just to like be able to experience with these kinds of characters. Because I do think that as maybe certain characters may not be as likable than others for whatever reason, there are is enough balance of characterization to where like, you know, like I said before, like the characters are constantly evolving. And so you know, your opinions of them are going to change, you know, and there's other characters that like really um, remain like the foundation of the show that, you know, keep things grounded. So it is for me, it was always like a really simple show to get through because there's enough balance there. Like it's not super heavy. It's not super like death and like, you know, super depressing all the time. Like it's really funny, actually. It's got like a lot of... um humor it kind of makes fun of itself at times and it's got a lot of tragedy of course but it always finds like sort of the light in like these really dark what could be potentially really dark situations it's always able to kind of balance it with some storyline or something going on with another character to not make you feel like you know you're getting beaten over the head by this really morbid depressing situation and so that is why i know i love it 
check it out. It's amazing. HBO. Um, and until next week, thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the I Know I Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please follow me, Kevin Craddock, on Instagram at I Know I Love Podcast. Here you can find current information and links to future episodes as they are produced. Thanks again for listening.